County Produced by the E, the HNIC, repping New York City Live and direct, cause he always come correct When he does an interview, it makes the streets so good He stimulates the brain, your mobile device And he smash like the Hulk when he claps you with advice It's all about the news when he drops and beats phone So pay close attention, shit's about to explode Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from the Upper West Side, New York City, where we blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am Ephraim Guzman, and my co-host with me today, he's the one, the only, the richest man in Huntsville, Alabama. He has more money than Donald Trump, and he is, I think, oh I think he is a Republican, I'm not sure. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, the sexual deviant, Mr. Conrad Thompson. Conrad, how are you doing? Well, uh, that's almost as over the top as Rick Flair's intro, but I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, man. Nice talking to you again, man, with the trifecta. Um, everything's going good in your neck of the woods? Yes, sir. Alabama's in the college football playoff. All is well with the world today. <laughs> Sweet. And our other compadre today, he's an independent wrestling sensation. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the Rage one, Mr. John Lesser. Rage. John, how you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, good, good, good. How you feeling? Good, not bad today. Um, so, John, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. You work, you work the independent wrestling scene. Um, how's everything going in independent wrestling scene, and how did you get involved with independent wrestling? Uh, it's going a bit. I mean, uh, I can't complain. Uh, I pretty much wrestle for FTW, Fight the World Wrestling Federation. And uh, the way I got involved was, believe it or not, my son was the one that pushed me into going into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was bringing up the independent shows, and uh, he was just like, Dad, you should be doing this. <laughs> wow, he, he, so he just pushed you into it? Yeah, I, I started, uh, like I said, uh, FTW. FTW? Swan School, yeah. yeah. And uh one of the teachers there. Marifa, um, Bro Corbett. Yeah, and how um, how's training going over there? How how was your training? Did you um did, did did you take on real quick like the you know the techniques and everything or? Well, yeah, I, you know, I took on pretty quick. Um, I'm trying to think it was probably about six months uh, into it. And then I noticed kind of start you out. I was in a uh, battle royal, you know, and then they started me with singles and, you know, moving along. And how did you come up with the Rage gimmick? Because a lot of painted face wrestlers seem to me like powerhouses, like the Warrior, the Warlord, the Road Warriors, you know? Like, um, was you always inspired by painted face wrestlers and power wrestlers? Like, what was your inspiration for the Rage character? Uh, it was actually, yes. That's it. Um, I was a big Road Warrior fan. Okay. So, uh, that's pretty much where I geared towards as far as that goes. The word Rage, I just thought, you know... What a cool word. <laughs> what a cool name. <laughs> but I kind of used that um, and just inspired by it. The makeup came from, um, I don't know if you ever heard of uh, King Diamond. King Diamond, he no. Was like a, he was like a uh, metal band kind of back in like the 80s. Okay. Store, uh, and he did like a nice makeup job on his face, so I kind of took that and just tweaked it up a bit. Oh, so it's a little bit of the King Diamond makeup face, that the paint face that you have for you? Is it like... Yes. Oh, okay, sweet, sweet. And, you know, you have a, you know, I think a lot of kids love painted face wrestlers for some reason, even myself, because, you know, Warriors wasn't been known to be a great worker, but everyone loved the Ultimate Warrior because of his paint and his different colored tights and his muscles. Um, do you think that's an attraction for kids when they see you? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, but funny, the story actually behind the whole makeup thing was, uh, 
like I said, my first match that was in front of a, a, a live audience, you know, in an arena, the first feel of it was in a battle royal. And everyone was going in there. No one pretty much, well, us newer guys didn't have any characters yet. You know, we may have had a need, but just not a, an actual, you know, look yet. So I wanted to stand out. So I put the makeup on before the match. Regular, you know, King Diamond inspired makeup. And I ran out with it and realized that it caught on after that match. Mm-hmm. And kids were coming up to me afterward. Oh, can I have your autograph? And I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know? <laughs> yeah. And what's beautiful is you don't have to do, like, flips like the Flying Walendas or anything like that. All you have to do is just look intimidating, you know, flex a little bit, do a couple of moves, and then, you know, you got the crowd in the palm of your hand, and you don't really have to take a lot of bumps, right? Um, I still take a lot of bumps. <laughs> no, no, of course, of course, but you know what I mean. Like, you're not doing Hunakaranas or, you know, Frankensteiners from the third turnbuckle or anything like that. No, no, but uh, I'm trying to step up my game a little bit more. It seems that the independent scene is getting a little bit more uh, um, dangerous, I guess you would say. You know, as far as the moves they want to see and, you know, the, the marks out there are getting smarter. So, you know, you got to step up the game a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Um, how about you, Conrad? Are you are you are you watching the independent scenes in your neck of the woods? No, I haven't kept up with the independents in quite a while, but we have had some independents down here in the south that have done pretty well, or actually cranked out some pretty decent talent. Back in the day, Bill Barron's premier promotion was not too terribly far from me, called the NWA Wildside, that did real well, and obviously I'm right down the road from Nashville, and lots of independent shows have happened there over the years, and. Of course, TMA actually had their first show here in Huntsville. So I've had a chance to catch some of those guys maybe 10 or 12 years ago, but I haven't kept up with it in more recent years as much as I should have. But it seems like the Northeast is really the hotbed of independent wrestling. Is that fair to say? Um, what do you think? I would say definitely. Yeah, um, yeah, it is too. I think um, the East Coast and um, the West Coast too. Um, I might add because you know now, you know, there's a lot of independent wrestling. You know, a lot of people want to get in, involved in it. Um, I want to say NXT is independent wrestling because they're like more like a feeder system for the WWE. But it's a lot more opportunities now for independent wrestlers to get into the mainstream. Don't you guys think? Oh, I would say definitely. I think uh, everyone's a hot independent scene to look at you. Yeah, um, Conrad, um, do you, uh, um, I know you haven't really watched like a lot of independent wrestling now, but um, do you think um, having independent wrestling does it help you know get exposure for wrestlers who are not known for like the regular average Joe who could only spend twenty dollars to see a wrestling show? Yeah, I don't know that it's necessarily. Um you know, the cheapest way to see wrestling, the cheapest way to see wrestling is stay home and watch it on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. I, I think your, your hardcore wrestling fans are the guys who really go to the independent shows. And uh, I think making a name for yourself on, on the independents is probably the faster route to WWE. It seems like a lot of guys who just go the straight NXT route, you know, can't get kind of stuck in limbo. But it seems like if you make a name for yourself outside of WWE, and then bring that into NXT, you can get fast tracks like Kevin Owens, like a Sami Zayn, one of those types. And maybe that wasn't the case a few years ago. It seems like once they had the quote-unquote indie stain on them, uh, that they would have a tougher road to hoe, whether it was Brian Danielson or CM Punk. But that doesn't seem to be the case when you're seeing cards with you know Seth Rollins and um, Kevin Owens and guys like that uh, really getting pushed very quickly in the WWE. So... 
I would hope that, you know, the, the game plan for anybody who's trying to get into wrestling is to decide, do I want to try to go the straight NXT route, or is it really a smarter play from a time investment standpoint to consider making your name on the independence or over in Japan? Yeah, um, especially now with all the independent wrestling going on and a lot of major primetime WWE players being injured, um, do you think it's it's time for like you know the WWE to up their game now since a lot of the main stars are injured? It's a good opportunity for a lot of the NXT wrestlers to rise and shine, depending on who they get from NXT to come to the WWE. No, I totally think that. Whether you're talking about um, WWE or any form of athletics, whether it's football or UFC or whatever, uh, injuries uh, are unfortunate, but they do represent opportunity for those who are behind you. So I think it's a really good time for them to start looking at trying to fast-track some guys from NXT to the main roster. I would have liked to have seen them at least consider debuting Samoa Joe in that tournament. It seems to me like... Uh, it would have been a prime time to highlight some of those guys rather than, say, a Kalisto. Uh, not definitely on Kalisto at all, but he's an active tag team member. It seems like it may have been a good time then to bring a singles guy or a guy you plan to push singles uh, from NXT on the main roster. But with guys like Tommy injured and guys like Sami Zayn injured, I'm sure they felt like they didn't need to totally deplete NXT in doing so. But it would have been a good time for somebody like a Finn Balor or Samoa Joe or somebody like that, to me, to make an impact on their first debut night with the WWE. I don't know. Um, do you think like tag team wrestling? Because um, I used to, you know, love tag team wrestling, especially in the early '80s from the um, NWA, like the Rock and Roll Express, the Fantastics, the Midnight Express. Um, and then every time you see, like, let's say a Sweet Stan Lane or Ricky Morton in a singles match, you pretty much, in hindsight, you knew they were going to lose because they were a tag wrestler. And there was a few, a few, you know, Shawn Michaels being the, you know, the one. A lot of few tag wrestlers shined when they left their partners. Um, do you feel? Being in a tag team now in this day and age in 2015 going on 2016 is kind of like a hindrance because you're not really being exposed because you're just stuck in the tag team division or you think it you know it, it's kind of cool to have um, variety and seeing two wrestlers and well four wrestlers together gel in one you know heck of a match. Well, what do you guys think about that? I don't think it's a hindrance at all. You know, going back, you know, to give another old school example from yesteryear, Scott Steiner did it, but in more recent years, Edge did it. Uh, Seth Rollins' first belt in the WWE was a tag team belt with Roman Reigns as part of the Shield. So I don't think as you look down the list, whether it's Daniel Bryan with Kane or whoever it was, Mm -hmm. that being in a tag team really hurts you. Uh, And I enjoy tag team wrestling. I think what New Day's doing is really cool, and I think we've probably got the best tag team division we've had in maybe 10 or 15 years right now in the WWE. And I would be looking for any opportunity to be on television, uh, whether that's in a tag team or by yourself. I think it's a good thing. What do you think, Rach? Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, what I was going to say was it, it's kind of sad because no matter how good both guys are, you're always going to have your Shawn Michaels or your Marty Jannettis. Mm-hmm. Meaning you're going to have that guy that comes out and he's going to take the ball and he's going to run with it. You're going to have the other guy that kind of uh, just kind of falls into place. Um, I just think that that's just the way it's going to happen. You're always going to have someone hungrier on a team once the team is split up as far as going singles, you know, afterward. Um, but again, the tag team division, like you said, I think it's phenomenal right now. 
Um, do you think it's because of the wrestler's personality, or you think it's the skill that will get one one partner over than the other? Like, what do you think it is, though? Now, personally, I think it's just fan preference. You know, I yeah. think um, the Steiner brothers are a great example because when you go back and you look at early, early Steiner brothers, Rick Steiner was the far more over guy of the tag team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was the star of the tag team. And then as time went on, uh, that kind of evolved into being Scott Steiner. You can also look at a team like the Midnight Express, where most people would say, in the first incarnation, maybe it was Bobby Eaton, but in the second incarnation, it was Stan Lane that had the it factor, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> but you never really know. So uh, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that it's ever based on a skill or it's based on, um, you know, with in-ring or microphone or anything like that. I think really it just boils down to who the fans gravitate to and... Who do they think, you know, captivates their imagination? Who has the get factor, as they like to say? Yeah. <laughs> and usually, also, you got to remember when, when a team splits up, they usually take on a different persona, both characters, usually. You know what I mean? Both yeah. guys will take on a new direction or whatever. And like you said, it depends on where the audience wants to go with that. Like, Shawn Michaels wasn't the same Shawn Michaels when he left, you know, the team, so... I'm saying, but besides, like, you said, like, they changed their personalities. Besides, you know, let's say Roman Reigns is a perfect example. He still has his shield gear on. The only thing that's different is he has his Roman Reigns logo on his chest. But um, do, um, do you think he, it, I'm saying, I know he's a main event star now, but you, do you think it hurt him that the shield broke up? Or do you think, well, I'm saying, I'm sure it's better for him now because he's getting a lot of love from the fans. But um, I think he had more success as a tag wrestler. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, I think it's hard to say he won the world title at the last pay-per-view, so uh, I know it was for five minutes and 15 seconds. We're reminded of that every yeah. Monday now, but yeah. no, I, I think he couldn't have written the whole Shield thing any better to me. Yeah. I know a lot of fans online wanted it to go a little longer, but to me, you would rather get out with wanting them, you know, leaving people wanting more. That's always yeah. the goal to me. If you can... If they feel like it didn't run its course, then that's better than, say, an NWO where everybody <laughs> went too long. So I think that's the perfect timing. And, and you look now and you see Dean Ambrose is a big star. Seth Rollins had a huge run. He's probably the best worker in the company. Roman Reigns just won the belt. And now, you know, they've kind of turned the crowd, you know, hot and cold with him a few times. I think it couldn't have went any better, especially when you consider... Two of those guys, as I mentioned earlier, were independent guys, and I don't think a lot of casual WWE fans have any idea that Dean Ambrose was in CZW and did some of the crazy matches up there, uh, but that turned out to be something that worked for him, and uh, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I think you know, going the independent route is still going to be uh, the fail-safe for proving yourself as being a bona fide WWE superstar rather than just starting and finishing in NXT. And, and like I said before, I think the fans are a lot smarter nowadays, and they actually give a lot more um, respect to those that do start as far as the independents get their name out there before they step into the ring at a WWE show or something. Yeah. Rage, I'm talking to you now. Being an independent wrestler, um, do you feel that um, you always need to prove yourself? Um, do you feel it's, it's harder to get your name out there? Like, how, how is it on the independent scene? WWE 
WWE, they're Vince McMahon or somebody that, you know, puts your t-shirts out or whatever. It's all on you, you know? So as far as getting into a match, you always want to make that match be remembered. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what you're doing. It could be like a two squash match, whatever it is. You always want something to come out of that to where people go, oh, did you see that move? Or did you, did you get, you hear that crowd reaction, just anything, mm-hmm. you know? So you always want to do, you always want to step up to the game, but at the same time, you just, it's just that you want to get that crowd behind you, you know? You want to get a reaction of some sort. Oh, um, um, what what drives you? What what reaction do you do when you go out, out in front of a crowd? Like, like, what's, what what goes through your mind to get the the, the people's attention? Well, uh, like fresh, crazy, heavy metal music. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one way to get them up. Yeah. Um, most of the time, it's my team music. Uh, I come out to the hat, come out, fucks, and yell, and you know, all night, and run around, real, real contest, real boy. Uh, crab going. Well, uh, you know, the pop of the ball. You know, it's just I'm, I'm the face, so, you know, sometimes need that energy to over the living. Oh, okay, okay. We talked about it last time, Conrad, but um, since Rage is on the line, definitely want to talk about UFC. Um, Rage, what was your opinion about the Rousey Holmes fight? I was a little disappointed. I'm actually a fan of hers. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. Which, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's worth. I think, I think, you know, everyone has their, their, their time on the top. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always someone that's going to come out from underneath. But she's got, you know, the, the, the rematch might be something to be looking look forward to. Definitely. I, I don't think she's done it out. I don't, I don't, I don't think she's finished at all. I just think maybe it might have been a wake-up call. Yeah. Um, what about you, Conrad? Since the last time we talked, we talked about that, and a lot of time has passed by. Um, how do you feel Holly Holmes has dealt with the instant um, notoriety and fame that she has gotten? Now, I think she's going to do fine. I have no reason to believe the rematch would be any different. Yeah. Uh, if I was a booker, I would book her on the round she to lose and let's have a rubber, a rubber match and make it the biggest fight of all time. Yeah. Uh, but I, th- I think the UFC is going to go 0 for 2 with the two biggest stars inside of a 30-day period. We're fresh off that loss. And this coming weekend, Jose Aldo is going to beat Conor McGregor. I can't imagine another scenario uh, where anything different happens. If something does different happen from that, I'm going to look at it with a keen eye and start to wonder, am I watching pro wrestling? <laughs> that's on everybody's radar. They all a superior fighter. Yeah, it's it, it's so shocking to me because you know even like the regular um, Joe Blows of the world who you know follow, you know watch or hear UFC, everyone knows Ronda Rousey. Like you know, there's people I told in my job like you you know Ronda Rousey. Everybody's heard of her and they don't even watch UFC. So it's just amazing that a word of mouth and this. This phenom that you know she's she's like well known. She, you know when you think of UFC, you really necessarily don't think of the men. You think of Ronda Rousey. You know, um, um, it, um do you feel it, is that way, or, or do you think of someone else when you think of UFC? I'm a little old school. I think of the older guys when I think of UFC, but she does have crossover appeal. And I think a lot of that's because she's a woman, and I know that's not going to be popular to say, but <laughs> yeah. the UFC has really positioned her as being unique. And they've done a really good job of branding her and getting her endorsement deals. And maybe that's her management team. Uh, but she has been positioned as a pioneer. 
And so whenever you're the first of anything, you're going to get, you know, a, a good amount of attention because of that, because you're different, because you're special, because you're first. Yeah. And I think that's what happened here. Uh, but I was, I, I've been a UFC fan since 2002, and, and I've ordered every pay-per-view since then. So this wasn't necessarily, you know, my person, per se. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I have family and I have friends who traveled almost two hours to watch that pay-per-view at my house because they were big Ronda Rousey fans. But they couldn't name three other UFC fighters, but they know <laughs> Ronda Rousey. So she's a big deal for the UFC, and I don't think this loss hurts her as much as a lot of people do because if they're still going to push her, if they're still going to promote her, that doesn't mean she'll be any less of a draw. Muhammad Ali was a huge draw. He had losses. Mike Tyson was a much bigger draw with losses. Yeah. Uh, after he lost to Evander Holyfield, the rematch did an even bigger business. So, you know, a, a loss doesn't necessarily cost you business. Now, it may cost you a little bit of mystique, but it doesn't necessarily cost you business. Yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah, um, um, I think she's gonna bounce back. I think what well, she's she's doing the the Roadhouse remake. I believe she's supposed to be doing in Hollywood, and I don't know what else stuff that she has coming up. But um, I think she's gonna get her head back in the game, and you know, I think she's gonna get a lot more money having this fight than doing some you know Hollywood um, movie. So I think she's just gonna get her game right. You know, once she does her um, movie commitments, I think she'll get her her head back in the game and just get right back down to brass tacks. Look at how much attention she got after the loss based on when she going to show her face, when did she post something on social media, when she going to speak, when can we see her? People are talking about Holly Holm that way. Holly Holm is only famous because she's the girl who beat Ronda Rousey. She's not famous. She's not a star. She's the girl who beat the star. Yeah, she's still like, a shadow, you Absolutely. And, and, and this is a weird comparison, but... Why do we know who Monica Lewinsky is? Not because she's special, not because she's famous, but because of what she did with someone famous. On some level, although Holly Holm is a superior boxer and probably a better champion and blah, 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 just as far as notoriety and her being in the popular culture and part of the conversation in America right now, the only reason that's there is because of what she did with Ronda Rousey, not because of what she did on her own. Yeah, yeah, that that is so true. That is so true. You know, and, but it's funny because now you've seen her on Ke- on Kelly Ripa and Michael Strahan, and she's on the um freaking Jimmy Fallon. It's like you know, it's almost yeah, it's almost like you know, um, the, it reminds me of Rocky Three when Rocky when Rocky um I think who he fought he fought um who was the last fight? Oh my God, well, after he beat Apollo Creed, and then he's getting the spotlights, he's on the shows and everything like that, and then I think Ronda Rousey is gonna come back like a Clubber Lang where she's just full bore training and. And, you know, getting pumped, you know, um, breaking necks, you know. I, th- I think she's going to come back stronger than ever. Well, that's certainly what the UFC wants you to believe. Now, that's yeah. not going to happen. But that's what they want you to believe and, and spend your money to see. Yeah. All right, now let's get back to the WWE Raw um, and the Nielsen ratings. The ratings have dropped tremendously in Raw, which is, you know, you know, there's football and, you know, um, there's not a lot of um, main stars. A lot of the stars got injured. Um, what do you guys think could turn the ratings around if you guys were involved in the booking committees and involved in the behind the scenes? What would you guys do? Well, you said it earlier, bringing the next guy. NXT. Mm-hmm. Definitely start moving them up a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. 
like anybody in particular you would see like in the roster if you could like cherry pick somebody or put somebody in? Like Samoa Joe mentioned. Yeah. You know, he's in B, he's already got an if TNA, bring him in, you know, just just something to add a little more spice, to add a little bit more you know, it's I know I understand what it is. It's you're watching it and it's almost predictable. It's mm-hmm. um dry, you know, it, it's just not catching you know, a lot of people are like bring back the attitude era, bring back the attitude era. You know what the thing is, the attitude era was great, it's phenomenal, but it worked during that time. I I don't really know if it'll work now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's good for its time, but something, I I would say definitely, in WWE, something has to change as far as the direction it's going. Maybe it's not the PG, you know, uh, PG-13, or whatever it is. Just something has to change. A different style, or whatever it may be, a different direction. Something definitely has to take place. What do you think, Conrad? You know, I appreciate Ray's perspective on that because Ray's obviously in the business, so, um, you know, he wants to see new performers, and I get that, but I struggle with the idea that a guy like Samoa Joe, who I just recommended putting in the title tournament, just because it would have been a good time to replace stars, I don't know that that really solves the rating situation. I think Samoa Joe is one of my very favorite wrestlers I've ever seen in the independents. Mm-hmm. I thought his 2004 series with... Uh, CM Punk and Ring of Honor was phenomenal. The trilogy they did that summer after the whole Feinstein thing was wonderful. Mm-hmm. But Samoa Joe couldn't pull a rating for TNA. He's not going to pull a rating for WWE. And I'm not saying that to be dismissive, but I'm saying what needs to change is not necessarily the ingredients. I think you have all the ingredients you need. I think it's the formula. I think it's the way it's put together. And I think that needs to be shaken up a little bit. When Seth Rollins was there, everybody knew every Monday what it's going to look like. Seth's going to be in five segments. He's going to be in the first one, the fifth one, the ninth one, the twelfth one, and the last one, mm-hmm. uh, or, or whatever that looks like. I mean, it was just, it becomes a little paint by numbers. And if you look back at the history of wrestling, whenever things started to get a little stale and how it started to go down, they would bring in another booker. I mean, that's what it's been like for the entire, you know, life of wrestling and, and, and the entire history of wrestling. When it starts to tank a little, you bring in a new guy. Because I think you can only go so long with the same guy before they start to get burnt out. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I was like, Absolutely. Yeah. It just becomes, it becomes, you know, putting one foot in front of the other. We're going to do yesterday or today what we did yesterday. And tomorrow we're going to do more of what we did today. And I think that is just human nature. I don't think it's an indictment of specific people. It's just a cyclical business. We've all heard that. Well, this is a cycle. If we're going to get out of the cycle, we've got to change the players. And so I don't necessarily think it's the people in front of the camera. I think it's behind the camera. And I I get a little frustrated sometimes when I see everybody being critical of WWE online because it's not as if they're intentionally writing bad television. Everybody there is doing their best. They just need to shake the formula up. And if this was a head, if this was a pro football situation or a college football situation, they would fire the coach. This is not the case, though, because we still have the same owner. Uh, but I would like to see guys who haven't been on the booking committee in a long time. Let's get them back in there. Let's see if they can have a fresh shake at it. Let's get a Bruce Pritchard who hadn't been with the company in a long time. I don't understand why he's not there. Uh, I think he should be given another shot or another opportunity or at least someone like him. Uh, who's kind of been away for a while, hasn't been as deep in the forest. Maybe they can still see the trees. They may have a different formula than what we've been seeing. But I don't think it's necessarily bringing up anybody new from NXT. It may be 
bringing back a big star. If you, if I had to pump a rating tomorrow, I would bring back Goldberg or someone like that. Uh, and that sounds crazy, and the internet fans will crap on it, but that's not who I'm catering to. They're watching every week because they pitch every week. I'm bringing back the casual fan who doesn't normally watch. And a casual fan who doesn't normally watch probably doesn't know who Samoa Joe is. I want the guy who hasn't watched in 10 years. How do I get him? I've got to bring back a big name that he recognizes, a Goldberg or somebody like that. Um, I, I don't know, because I wasn't following the ratings, but did the ratings went up when Sting came back, when Sting was on Raw? I'm not really sure about that. Sting was never a draw with WWE, so I don't think that's fair. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think Sting was ever a draw with, with WCW. I know he was a fan favorite, I know he was yeah. a babyface, I know he was on the show, but I don't know that you could ever point to a show that drew huge money besides the year-long angle they did at Starcade 97, where he didn't wrestle one time yeah. to build to that. Outside of that, I don't know that there's any instance you could point to and say, oh man, Sting was the guy. And there are names out there, they're sitting on the couch that aren't doing anything right now, that could be a draw again. Yeah. Um, who do you think that could be a draw again that's sitting on the couch? Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Hulk Hogan's on Raw tomorrow. It's everywhere. Yep. Yep, that's true. If, Hulk Hogan, if, if tomorrow that uh, Real American theme starts the show, everybody's losing their mind changing the channel. Uh, that's true. And, and, and I might not even do it that way. I might advertise it for a week. Mm-hmm. And, and I might not start tomorrow. I might start floating it out to the media on Tuesday. Get everybody worked up into a frenzy. And make everybody wonder what's going to happen. Don't release any statements, you know, no interviews, and then boom, he's on Raw next week. Yeah. People will pay attention. Put him in the angle right then. Don't even release his name. Just show maybe, like, you know, the orange and yellow or something, you know? Yeah. Well, the, the idea to me is if you want the casual fan, if you want some, like, my parents are super casual fans. Like, you know, they had to watch it around me when I was a kid, but they don't really watch it. But giving all the controversy, I and mean, he was kicked out and blah, blah, blah. If you announced that he was going to be back, you know, on Raw Monday, the TNZ and everybody like that picks it up immediately. See, USA Today, they all pick it up. So I wouldn't necessarily just do a tease. I would flat out announce it, and I'd put him on the show. And then when I did, I would put him in a hot angle right away. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, especially with WrestleMania coming down. The thing is, you know... Um, you, we all know what Hulk Hogan did, but, you know, there's people that have done a lot worse things, and the thing is, with, I don't know, something about Hulk Hogan is, he's forgivable, you know what I'm saying? You know, every, even every, everything that happened with his son, and the whole, you know, thing with his wife, and then the, you know, the, the N-word that he said, and, and you know, Nick being in jail, like, the, the you know, Hulk Hogan is very loved, you know, that's, you know, it's, it, it's just shocking to me, because I think if any, if let's say Donald Trump said the N-word, no one will forgive Donald Trump, but it's Hulk Hogan, it's, it's just so weird, um, um, you guys see um, Hulk Hogan being redeemable again? Uh, I do. No, I totally do. You know, I think yeah. Triple H has already set the table for his return, too. I mean, he pretty much came out and issued a statement saying that, you know, once Hogan had proved to the world that, you know, he was working on it and he had redeemed himself and blah, 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 and he was a good person, then they would invite him back. So he's already, you know, pretty much said that's going to happen. Uh, so I'm, I'm okay with it, and we, and we know it's just a matter of time. It's not a matter of if they let him back, it's a matter of when. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, right now it seems like the right time to do it. Mm-hmm. To me. 
Yeah, he he definitely can spike up the ratings. You're definitely right about that. Um, even your co-host Ric Flair. You know, having Ric Flair coming down and just giving a ten minute, fifteen minute promo. You know, the ratings will definitely go through the roof. You know, you know they have him with you know his daughter and everything. But I think Ric Flair could open up the show and just talk about anything random. And you know, every like you said, the casual fan is just gonna say, "Hey, Ric Flair's on TV. I'm gonna go take a look at that." You know, everybody will start watching it. Well, Rick's going to be on the show for the foreseeable future. Um, that wasn't just a one and done on Raw um, on Monday with Charlotte. He's going to be on the show tomorrow and for the first, for a while. Uh, so I, I don't imagine that, I mean, I know they're not above trying to bring back stars and trying to get some attention and stuff like that, but they're not trying to put Rick in the middle of a hot angle right now. They're trying to pair him with his daughter and continue something that's kind of already going. So he's going to be in, in a more managerial, you know, sidekick. He's not going to wrestle or anything. And yeah. uh, the times are different. He's not going to bleed. But yeah. if, you could, if, you could, if you could do blood and you could have uh, Hulk Hogan um, come back on Monday and get some color, then that would be on the cover of everything Tuesday morning. And now people are paying attention again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's definitely good to hear. I didn't even know that Ric Flair is going to be with his daughter all the time. That's that's amazing. That's good. At least having the Nature on TV would be amazing for WWE. So that's 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 good news. That's good news. Yeah, it'll be there tomorrow. Check it out. Ah, sweet, sweet. Um, um. Also, um, TNA they have a new. I forgot what's on. Oh, the Pop Channel. Um, um. Do you um what. What could you, you know, TNA has more lives than a cat. Like, um, what could you see them do to turn themselves around? Range, I'll let you feel that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, like, I, 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 so I was actually getting into TNA. So they were good, you know, they were, they were hungry and everything else. But, um, again, I think, I think it's like what you said earlier. I think it has, so it has to do with the writing. I think it has a lot to do with uh, the angles that are going on. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, sometimes, like, you know, it's, I would say they're more so, um, definitely, like, the top independent thing or something like that. Because, like, if they hit New York, they do pack the house in New York when it comes to the Manhattan Theater and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and I know they have a following and everything else, but I, I would actually have to be the writing or something. I, I don't know what it is that they need to really spark them to get them going because I mean there was a point in time where I said wow TNA looks like they're doing really good I, they could wind up being something you know they, they're building up yeah. um, but then it just seems like every time they get to a certain point they sink yeah. and I don't know if it's because money situation or uh, you know talent they, you know they, their contracts run out they decide to jump shit I, I don't know what it is as far as what makes them flow and then just sink to the bottom and then come back up again. You know what I mean? It's just they just have to somehow grab a hold of something. And like I said, I think it's the writing. You think it's the writing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This, you know, you know, from Vince Russo. I think well, Bruce Pritchard was. I don't know. There's like, uh, there's, there's. There's nothing steady at TNA, I don't believe. Even though, you know, the Hogan-Bischoff regime, there's hasn't really been anything steady. You know, like, some of the wrestlers have been steady, but now, like, the majority of them are pretty much gone. Like, they're, they're mainstays, like AJ Styles, James Storm. I think they're all, they're you know, they're all not there. But um, I don't know. I, I really don't know, honestly. But I, I'm just surprised that, you know, I honestly thought they were done. I stopped watching TNA. I'm like, oh, they're, they're going to get canceled anyway, so why am I watching it? Then all of a sudden, I hear they're going to be on pop TV. So... It's just like, wow, like, you know, they, I, I don't know how they do it. I have no idea. 
know. Conrad, do you keep up with TNA, or you're not even you don't even watch? It? No, yeah, I keep up a little bit. You know, if you're if we're trying to have a discussion about business, you know, yeah, it's just a matter of time. If we're having a conversation about being a wrestling fan and enjoying the product, and I think sometimes fans become too smart for their own good, and you know, all of a sudden people try to be critics about ratings and revenues and. I mean, most, most wrestling fans, you know, aren't business guys, so why are we even having a discussion about business? Like, we don't do that in, you know, any other form of entertainment. I don't sit around and discuss finances for jersey sales with my Alabama fans, or, you know, I don't have those type of conversations about licensing deals with Patriot fans or Cowboy fans. I don't know why this would be any different, but for some reason in wrestling it is. Either you like it and it's good, or you don't. And it's not. Yeah. And if you enjoy TMA, good for you. From a business standpoint, none of this makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, but that shouldn't interfere with whether or not you enjoy it or not. Yeah. Some of the, you know, very, uh, you know, cult-like movies and television shows that people really enjoy, shows like Freaks and Geeks and Arrested Development, may not have been huge financial successes, but it doesn't mean that they have any less critical acclaim. So I don't think... You know, we as fans need to just jump to uh, automatically trying to pretend like we're businessmen and we can only like what's financially, su- uh, you know, successful. Yeah. Uh, if if Dixie Carter wants to, you know, play play wrestling promoter and it doesn't matter if she, you know, makes money or loses money, that's really none of our business. But we enjoy the product she brings out. Yeah. And if you're into it, good for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't watch. I have watched before. I've kind of faded in and out. At the time, I, you know, as of right now, I'm not watching. I don't think them being on a new network is going to motivate me to watch. But that doesn't mean that I'm above flipping it over, and if there's something awesome happening, I'll check it out. I did watch some of Bubba Ray Dudley's run there. I thought that was awesome. I thought he was probably one of the best characters in the business at the time, and I thought it was fun to watch. But there's not a lot on the show that I'm interested in these days. Uh, especially maybe since AJ Styles left. He was kind of their guy to me. So when he left, maybe that lost me a little. Yeah. Yeah, I know AJ Styles and New, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I don't follow New Japan Pro Wrestling, so I definitely can't comment on that. Um, Do you guys watch New Japan? Uh, occasionally I watch it, yes. Yes. Uh, you have you have the, I think they have a, um, like a WWE network, right? They have like a, an on-demand thing. Correct. It's called World. New World? Japan World. New Japan World. Oh, okay. Um, do you watch that as well, Conrad? I subscribe. I don't watch as much as I, I, I probably should, but I do catch about, I don't know, 45 minutes a week, and uh, I like what I see. Yeah. And um, how are the commentators? They're, they're really good? Like, you you know, you you have that love, like the Jerry Lawler, um, Jim Ross-type commentators, are they really good? I think Mario Ronaldo does a great job, and I enjoy uh, Barnett as well. You know, the, to me, whether or not I enjoy the show is not always based on the commentary. I, I really enjoy Nakamura. I think he is just fascinating. And if you haven't checked him out, I encourage you to. I think he's one of the more interesting people in wrestling these days. Oh, okay. Um, and also, um, WrestleMania is coming up in a few more months. Um, any predictions what you guys think um, matches could be made for WrestleMania? Uh, not the Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, against who? <laughs> what they said that way, it's 18 or something going on with those two? With uh, any of the Triple H. There was 
Triple H and Hulk came out for a while. Yeah, yeah, with the I think whether the Rock and well, the Rock and Triple H. No, 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 no. But the Rock and Ronda Rousey against Triple H and Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. What, what else? What else predictions do you guys think would would happen at WrestleMania? I, I think uh, you know the Rock is really big on records, and I think uh, he'll make time to make an appearance on the show. Yeah. If he does wrestle, I would imagine that it would be against Triple H. I don't know that Ronda would actually participate as far as being a wrestler, but I think she could, you know, do a little physicality like she did this past year. Yeah. And uh, maybe just put the, the ladies in the corners so it could be Rock versus Triple H, and I could say this is the last time ever, put yeah. the girls in the corners. Uh, I'd like to see Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Uh, I think you could put Snoop Dogg in one corner and Ric Flair in the other. <laughs> that's, um, oh, that's awesome. I yeah. think that would get some mainstream attention. Uh, I would put um, John Cena against The Undertaker because the match that nobody oh, yeah, seen before. Yeah. Uh, and I think that would be a good way for him to kind of end it. And I would put Roman Reigns uh, in a rematch against um, the Brock Lesnar, who I would have win the Royal Rumble. And I would have Roman go in as a champ and um, defend his belt against um, Brock Lesnar in the main event. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so you think yeah, Sheamus? Really yeah, you think you think Sheamus might lose before WrestleMania? Then Sheamus will lose before the Royal Rumble okay. or at the Royal Rumble, in my opinion. Wow, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Because I I, I sort of like his character now. Like yeah, I think him having the world title gives him that little bit of an edge and gives him a little bit of a swagger. Especially him coming down with the suit last week on Raw was kind of you know it was kind of cool. And especially like the new. The, the new group they formed. I forgot the name of the group, but they formed a new group. Uh, yeah, the, I actually got a new DirecTV box. This is kind of a peek into the curtain, I guess. But I didn't watch it. I never watched Raw Live. Uh, I watched Monday Night Football, and then I watched Raw uh, the next day on Tuesday. Well, I had a box go out, so when DirecTV was here Tuesday, they took my box. So I didn't see Raw. So I read about it. I'm interested and intrigued by it. Um, I'm glad they're trying something new, but... I don't think Sheamus was anybody's long-term plan for the championship. Obviously, he was plugged in because of the injury to Seth Rollins. Yeah. I think to get back to what they were doing originally, which was that Seth was ultimately going to lose that belt to Roman, and then you have a really built-in story based on the fact that he never really lost it at WrestleMania last year. And if I had to, uh, I would suggest that you have Seth Rollins interfere in that main event at WrestleMania and cost him the belt again, except this time he loses the belt to Brock. That sets up Seth and Roman coming out of WrestleMania. Oh, my God. Conrad, you sure you're not working on the booking committee? That sounds phenomenal. Jeez. Somebody had there. They got, they, got Mc, they got Mc Foley's son in there. You might as well be in there, too. I was going to say, I think we found a new writer. <laughs> Well, that's nice for you to say. I don't, I don't know about all that, but, I mean, it's fun to armchair quarterback sometimes, but I'm not married to it. You know, I'm always surprised, and I usually enjoy the show. I, I don't watch it as critically as some other folks do, and maybe that's because I've actually been, you know, fortunate enough to hang out with Rick at the shows, and I see just how much work goes into this. Like, you know, I don't think people really understand how many people just work on the production side of this company, too. Take all that crap, you know, I mean, all the equipment, whether it's chairs or it's the pads and the ring and the stage and the desks and the chairs and the lighting rigs and the pyro. Uh, I mean, it is just, it is unbelievable the amount of work that goes in. 
you know, and all the people who work in makeup and catering, and there's just so much work that goes into it that I have a new appreciation, and I just don't feel like I'm going to be super critical anymore because I know there's literally hundreds of people working on every show to make it the very best, and you know, some of them are awesome and some of them aren't. But man, when it's awesome, it's really awesome, and so we all watch because we're hoping that you know it's going to be really awesome. And, and movies kind of are like that too, like. You know, every time we go to the movies, it's not a home run, and they're not all awesome. Uh, but every now and again, you get one, and it just really resonates with you, and then it's awesome. And I think that's kind of like wrestling. So I don't think everything has to be five stars. You know, I think I can just, you know, be really entertained here and there. And then in the meantime, I'm just waiting for that, that aha, that big moment to come. And, and, I, and I maintain faith that it'll be here next week if it didn't happen this week. Yeah. Um, Rage, are you still on the line with me? Yes, yes. Rage, um, you got me for a little bit longer, and then I gotta go. Uh, okay. Um, one more. I got a question from you. Um, since um, WrestleMania is around the corner, and you know you have the Royal Rumble. Um, is there anything that you can see they can do in the Royal Rumble that could entice fans to watch? You know, because they have like the, the celebrities that usually show up at WrestleMania. Do you see anything they can do at the Royal Rumble that could entice people to watch? But you know, I guess besides probably having Brock Lesnar. But is there anything you think? they can add to the to add, add to the flavor? Well, I remember, you know, as a fan watching, um, you know, I was kind of sick out of the bring it back to some of the guys so inside the Rumble. Yeah. Well, I had to that because you didn't know who was the glory, you know, that's they're saying. Pretty much on that, you know, I would love to see them bring back some guys throw them in there and yeah. How about you, Conrad? Anything you could see them spicing up the Rumble? Well, I mean, I think Rock's coming back, and I think Rock will win it. Um, that's just a lucky guess. I mean, I don't know if it's lucky, but that's my guess. Uh, but I would like to see them introduce some other characters like we've talked about and bring back some names. And a name that uh, I think would be available by then, um, it would definitely get a big reaction and could set up one big match at WrestleMania as kind of a final match would be Kurt Angle. And I'd, I'd really be interested to see uh, if there was an opportunity to maybe put something together um, for a limited return with Jeff Hardy. And I know that he's, you know, had a lot of history with WWE and not all of it is positive. Uh, but given everything that's happening in TNA and that is next year, and it seems like a lot of their contracts go year to year, if there was an opportunity for him to come back, that may be kind of a shot in the arm for the old school fans. And maybe haven't watched in a while, but when they hear that Jeff Hardy's back, because I think a lot of fans, when they're not on WWE TV, they just think they went away, like they retired, they're not around anymore. And I think if he was back, he could pop a rating. Yeah, I believe that too. Um, we're winding down now, guys. Um, Rage, um, is there anything you got coming up? Any wrestling events coming up in the distant future for you? Uh, in the future, it looks like I got something coming up. Um, uh, January. Uh, January 11th for FTW. We're going to be in Queens again at the uh, Laboon on Wood, uh, Wood, was it Woodside? On um, Laboon, th- yeah, I believe. Yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, do, you know, do you know who you're facing or not uh, Not as of yet? Um, I'm not able to say yet, but uh, I know that the show is going to be pretty big. We got a uh, very special musical guest that's supposed to be showing up, so uh, it should be a pretty big show. 
Oh, okay, so everything is still on the wrap. She can't say nothing as of yet. Yeah, I don't want to get into trouble. <laughs> okay, not a problem, not a problem. Um, Conrad, um, anything you want to plug as well? Anything you want to? Oh, you know, I'm a shield for Wu Nation. If you haven't already, you need to check out the best, or I guess that's the second po- best podcast going around. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Uh, the second best podcast going around is Wu Nation on Play.is. Uh, Rick Flair is the host. So I kind of tag along, and uh, we've got some really cool shows planned for this coming week. We had a really big guest who had to reschedule from last week to this week, so that should be a gangbuster episode. We're going to be together in studio for a couple of days, and we're going to try to put a few in the can. And the name we, names we have lined up so far, I don't know if they all come through, is like a who's who of professional wrestling. So hopefully that all shakes out. But there's lots of cool stuff in the can. If it doesn't. You can go check out Terry Funk, Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, whoever you're looking for. They're probably on the Wood Nation playlist at play.it. Is there any hints you can give, or is it you can't say at the moment? Um, he's, uh, one of the guys has a West Coast area code, um, and one of the guys has a Florida area code. And um, I guess I'll leave it that for now. <laughs> Okay, no problem. I think Rage has his dogs raging, I believe. <laughs> I'm sorry? I said you have your dogs raging? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Not a problem, guys. I appreciate it. Um, thank you very much for doing the show. Um, great wrestling talk, and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one.